and welcome to the Art of Podcast, where we invite ordinary people transformed by Jesus Christ to share the ways that the gospel inspires them to live artfully. We have been blessed by God through the people he has placed in our lives, and we want to praise him and bless you by their stories and insights. Today we're inviting to the mic Darren Vosch. He has been our family friend for as long as we can remember, and throughout the years his family has become like our part of our own. So we actually know him best as Uncle Darren. The Bosch family has been a very important influence on our lives with how they live artfully and constantly inspire us with their creativity, their joy, and their hospitality. Mm. Among many other things, Uncle Darren has years of experience in different business settings, mentorship and discipleship roles, and we are excited for you to get to know him a little bit more today as he talks to us about the art of business. Hi, Uncle Darren. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you today. Mm-hmm. Hi, ladies. It's uh, This is awesome. You know, I was just thinking, you know when people introduce someone and they go, and the recipient goes, yeah, I'm honored to be here. Uh, thank you for the invite. Uh, it's my pleasure. I was thinking, all of the above. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just a cliche. That's right. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, so we're really excited to uh, chat with you today about business. We realize that that's a, a pretty broad topic mm. and that this might not be a comprehensive, um, you know, talk about everything there is to talk about. But we know that um, we've, we've really tried to make this podcast about people in our community. And we know that our community is full of mm-hmm. business people mm. and also I, I think a pretty high percentage of entrepreneurs and sure. people who are just, you know, regular people, they just work mm-hmm. a regular job and... Or they're in school for business. Yeah, or they're pursuing business or they're looking forward to, like, we have some family businesses in our community that sort of get passed down. So we know that um, this is a thing that a lot of people in our community mm-hmm. are involved with and want to know more about, we think. Sure. Um, so we're really excited to hear your perspective and learn from your insight about what you've learned over the years in business. Yeah, cool. I, I'm really excited about that, uh, partly because, uh, well, I've, I've been in business for 25 plus years, but I've actually been studying leadership for that long. Mm-hmm. And i just like to stay up, say off the top is <laughs> I haven't arrived and I don't have all the <laughs> answers, but uh, a bunch of uh, water under the bridge and also been mm-hmm. mentored by others in this thing. Mm-hmm. And you're right. I think this thing in our community, someone showed me the stats once. It's it's over 60% um of our community is entrepreneurs or own their own businesses and there's reasons for that but mm-hmm. that's a very very high percentage mm-hmm. guess what even in the christian world so for instance in our work we work with interdenominationally but in the reform world there's a lo- there's just a far higher percentage of uh, business owners mm-hmm. so that's really cool yeah for sure yeah so i guess to start um could you tell us and our listeners i guess <laughs> a little bit about yourself because we know you as uncle darren but <laughs> maybe some people don't know you as well and then maybe you could share a bit of your journey through the business world and then how you've ended up working where you are now. Sure. Um, well, the first thing is I'm a deeply committed uh, and passionate follower of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he um, he has put that claim on me. So that's a, a beautiful uh, thing that I've been entrusted with, but mm-hmm. also lo- love to live out uh, with lots of weakness. But that's really cool. 
I've got to know, I've been your uh, friends uh, <laughs> since both of you uh, were in a cradle. So I've got to know you for 20 plus years, which is really cool. And it's been my honor. I just want to say off that I'm really, really proud of you guys for doing this. This is a, this is a gift um, that God's given you that you're stepping into. I just think it's really cool. Uh, that's beautiful to see uh, uh, generations of faithfulness. But also I think of uh, your father who's also mentored that and uh, that's bearing fruit. So that's really cool. Um, yeah, I've, I've, um, somehow I've just been in different pieces of leadership most of my adult life, uh, from, from young to, uh, maybe getting a little more experience in churches in business in, in, in sports, all, all kinds of things. So mm-hmm. just been really fun and learning that. And I just think, um, uh, this whole piece of life is a, is a journey of learning and mm-hmm. having this growth mindset to pursue, uh, things. And I just think, example is uh, I always love that analogy of C.S. Lewis and his group of the Inklings right mm-hmm. with uh, Tolkien and those other fellows and uh, I uh, God's given me that with some other folks just studying uh, alongside each other uh, and sharpening each other like iron right um, mm-hmm. so on this in this whole thing called leadership uh, and even just in business so uh, that's been a lifelong journey mm-hmm. uh, in the past while I, I work in an organization called Deliberate You we are uh, we are business leadership mentors for uh, Christian business owners and, and leaders. Um, we work with them and their teams, helping them essentially grow, but like grow holistically. Right. Um, so yes, in all things, the pragmatic of growing a business that what we call is a, a kingdom led, smart run business. Um, mm-hmm. But then also growing in their personal uh, character, their experience of God living out their faith at work. And then the third one is really um, exp- the expansion of the kingdom through this awesome thing called the marketplace. Really cool. So discipling others and uh, doing God's ministry in the marketplace. Um, and, I, and I say that uh, a lot of people think, are oh, you guys just like a ministry uh, in the business? Like, no, we absolutely work with people's P&Ls and, and SOPs right. and, and sales and marketing and finances and all those things, of course. Uh, God does want excellence there, and uh, mm-hmm. that's a great way to grow people too, mm-hmm. but from a higher purpose. And uh, so, I just if I can just expand a little more on that, of the course. cool thing is not by design, but we we work uh, interdenominationally, at least in Southern Ontario. Next year, God willing, we have a plan to go national because um, we haven't seen more interest in developing programs for people online. Mm-hmm. But um, probably via the word of mouth, we work heavily in the reformed. Uh, uh, area right now and the most amazing thing that's uh, been revealed to us in the past few years and it's been my journey too mm-hmm. is uh, Christian leaders in our communities who um, on the outside are wonderful in this case men or women um, deeply committed and they're often perennial cler- uh, church clergy they uh, leaders in their business in their communities and inside though they have a deep yearning and hunger for something more. And mm-hmm. usually that more means ex- an ex- a deep, rich experience of God. So moving from just head knowledge to to the heart, mm-hmm. right? And I always use the example of sort of moving from doing devotions to experiencing devotion. Oh, that's, um, that's what uh, a lot of the folks in our communities. And then this piece of uh, wanting to, like the, 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 often our um, God's been really blessed them beautifully financially. Mm-hmm. And they hit a wall at some stage in their life. They're like, there's got to be something more than just money. Mm. Or there's got to be something more than just the size or scale of my business. Uh, mm. So they struggle with purpose. Uh, um, and ultimately this thing, um, which we're getting better at, but how to mm. disciple 
and step into the lives of others to for the expansion of goodness and also God's kingdom through through the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Most of them say, "Should I just be a missionary?" And then, but they've been called in business, so they but they don't know how to what we say live out Sunday to Monday. Yes, totally. So I think what you're what you've mentioned in there, and I heard it in a few other things you said as well. I can't remember exactly what they were, but it kind of like set off a little thing in my brain. I think what you're kind of touching on is something that we've also seen. Um, where there's this kind of, we've made this dichotomy mm. between kingdom work and, and business work. And we've separated them. And we've sort of put what we call kingdom work or um, spiritual formation on a bit of like a higher plane Absolutely. almost. And, and we've sort of made it that neither of them can speak into each other. So, you know, you hear people say, the church is not a business, you know, you can't mm-hmm. run church like a business. And I think we would agree, but there's something deeper going on there where I think we've, we've sort of created this big divide, divide yeah. between them. And we, and we actually aren't comfortable with it. Like mm-hmm. you have these men and women who say, you know, how am I supposed to run my business for the kingdom? Mm-hmm. Because we, they, yeah, we don't really believe that they should be so separate. Of course, there's pragmatic differences, but... I think what you're what you're talking about is something we've noticed too that we just really want we we wrestle with that s- separation yeah. and we think mm-hmm. wait maybe these actually should be more integrated but we don't know how mm-hmm. we, so how do we integrate these how do we how much of each other can influence those two spheres so mm-hmm. really it was a really cool observation Josina because I um, that is what we hear mm-hmm. so so that's been my personal experience mm-hmm. but who cares about that. What we hear in droves, and I'm not exaggerating, like uh, from the folks we work with, is that disconnect. There's yeah. this dichotomy. It's a false dichotomy of what, what I would sort of um, say the difference between the secular and the sacred, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So on one hand, we say business uh, or uh, church isn't like business. But on the flip side, many of our folks say, well, business isn't church, you know. Right. Like, uh, so in other words, what I do on Sundays and maybe at a Bible study on a Wednesday night, but then during the week, how I hire and fire or right, how it I... it makes no difference Yeah, to and there's a huge chasm there, actually. Hmm. Um, and yet, people thriving to want to be what they call a Christian leader, but we just haven't really... We don't know what that looks like, but we don't add, um, add, up, add it up, like connect yeah, the dots. Yeah, totally. um, I, think, I think there's a, a pivotal piece in there... Uh, what we see again is, and, and it really comes from actually, do we actually really understand God's design for us? Hmm. So this piece actually, so we, from a, from a mission and from a values perspective, you might say, of how we do our work is we've coined this piece, so you might say the GC3. So there's, there's three big calls. Hmm. Um, we all know the first call, the, you know, to love God, but and you know, the greatest second commandment is uh, to love my neighbor, right? We call right. that often called the, the second greatest commandment, right? And we've heard of the great commission, right? Um, or learning how to how to live that out better. <laughs> I think in our communities, um, but that piece, what does that actually even look like in business? So it's not just those missionaries that we send off to foreign lands to live out the great commission. But I think we deeply forgot about the first one, hmm. um, and that's the great call. We don't often talk about that. So Genesis, I love this piece. Genesis 127 talks about how we're made in God's image. Mm. We're image bearers. We're ambassadors. It, to the core, it changes our identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and much more on that whole piece later, <laughs> uh, which we all love this topic, right? Um, but it's, it's, the, it's the underpinning of how we live out um, 
as being a Christ follower, right? So my identity, In and then yeah, and then fast forward to Genesis two. I think it's uh, uh, early in Genesis two. That's when God gives the great call to Adam to work, huh. and. Uh, you might know a thing or two, but this is this wonderful man that you know. Uh, mm-hmm. Use this beautiful term, business is beautiful, right? Yeah. And uh, I just think of this, so many of us, actually even in our circles, we think of work as post-Genesis 3, post-sin. So we think of it as toil. Oh, we think of it as duty. Like, it's just something Primarily, I got to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh. Whereas fundamentally, do I believe that work is worship, actually? Hmm. Um, and, and work was instituted before the fall. Yeah. So the first call, the first C is the call, the great call. Work is beautiful. Um, work is God honoring, right? Uh, then the second one is the great second greatest commandment of, of, of loving others, which we'll get into of, as a pillar of leadership. And then the great commission. I just, I just think we've missed that, that first one. And it changes our whole perspective on uh, how we see others, how we see and right through to business. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So oh, that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I never heard that. Yeah, that's sweet. Like work. I never thought about that. That's so interesting that work was yeah. supposed to be worship. And here's a, a little bit. I yeah. here's a cool thing. As reform folks, we've heard of this thing called the cultural mandate. We know what that is. We've we've used that word. Oh, there's another C, by the way. I like alliteration. Um, but uh, and we you know be like to work and be fruitful and multiply yeah. and care for the mm-hmm. earth. That's yeah. that's a that's a that's a work term, right? Yeah. But I think we've forgot this piece, and it's straight out of scripture. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit like, and I digress just a little bit, but just like if we believe fundamentally our identity is in Genesis one as ambassadors, mm-hmm. not. Genesis 3, we forgot about the first two chapters, right? Right. Yes, I sin, but my identity is still made as an image bearer. Yeah, my primary purpose was not to be sinful. (laughs) So so if you were to say, so how does that roll out then in in business, just that concept? Because we're talking about a bit of a philosophical thing here. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I just love how this, this, there's this beautiful tapestry of scripture that informs our thinking about leadership so jesus says i think in john 15 it's like um how will they know how will those other people out there know uh who i am and whose you are Hmm. they're gonna know by your love how you love them that's how they'll know me um uh then it says they'll know you are my disciple right and it's like Mm -hmm. so that's an example of Christian principles uh, that that I can exercise. Uh, so it, you know, we always have this joke. Cause some clients say, "So how do I be a Christian leader in business?" Well, because we pray at the boardroom. Like, uh, so we're well on our way here, boys. Oh, it's like, well, I would say, "Awesome, high fives, dude!" But it's like uh, that's one of things. But but right. what about just this beautiful piece out of John 15 when Jesus is like, "So how do I just love love the lost, those who don't know Christ yet?" Um, and those who do, like yeah, yeah, because so much of our community's business is with within our communities <laughs> yeah. and other businesses. Mm-hmm. And I think that I think it's interesting that you say love because I think I think it's easy to see how certain jobs love others, but it's not always easy to see how they do for others. Like if someone is a nurse, it's very easy to be like, oh, they love others, you know. They, they go in and take care of them and mm-hmm. it's a helping profession and mm-hmm. or or even um, like pastors like they love people because that's their job to pastor them so I think it's really important what you said that business 
you're still called to love the people that you do business with. Yeah. Even though it's not maybe the first <coughs> thing that we associate with love just because, yeah, we don't yeah. often talk about it that way. Mm-hmm. So if I may, mm-hmm. let's just connect the dots here. So then I would say, so why? So as an example, a fellow that we work with, um, he runs a, you know, $20, $30 million business. He has 200 and some employees. He's in our in our circles, a wonderful, committed follower of Jesus. And mm-hmm. like most, has struggled with this piece of, you know, connecting all these things, right? And business is business. It, it's right. bought into that kind of lingo, right? Um, yeah, you. we believe, hypothetically, we do it for the glory of God. We say these things. But, but what does that mean? Yeah, mm-hmm. so an example is we... And he has many, many in his business who are not Jesus followers. Mm. So we actually use the word love. <laughs> and, and, and we're talking, this is a rough contracting type of a business where you're not dealing with, uh, <laughs> it's a little different demographic. So, yeah. But this beautiful thing of, so even, even the leader is like, you know what? I used to view people when they don't get things done or when they don't perform, it basically uses the word schmucks. Or you use the words, they're just a bunch of idiots, man. Like, how come they can't, don't, they don't just get it? Like, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And uh, the shift in thinking of how does, do you and I look at each other and see each other as an, as an we have the DNA, we have the imprint of the Father in mm-hmm. us, regardless of whether we know it or regardless if we profess to know God yet. Mm-hmm. And does he, in this case, does he look at his people as they are image bearers still, made like Genesis 1? And that shift for him has completely changed now how he treats people and, but more importantly, sees them, sees mm-hmm. them as image bearers. Um, and guess what? Uh, this whole, we'll get into it, but this whole piece of empowering others, helping others, enabling others and, and um, bringing them along. And then right through the pragmatic business results of because how he sees people differently mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it started cool. with uh, the second greatest commandment, yeah. right? Uh-huh. Um, so how can we as Christians be obedient to God and how he desires us to work and like be involved in business? Like what does being a Christian in business look like to you and what doesn't it look like to you? Mm-hmm. That's a good question, James. I, um, the first thing I'd like to say off the hop is uh, it's, a, it's not a correction. It's an invitation. Mm-hmm. Is It goes back to that, that divide of the secular and the sacred. If we profess to know Christ, leadership is leadership. There's no Christian leadership. Mm. Um, uh, and or I don't want to... Or business. Yeah, and yeah. I don't want to... Maybe it's not splitting hairs or semantics, but uh, if, yeah, if we're a follower of Christ, I just think leadership is leadership. And so so what does Scripture say and how does it inform our thinking? So one example is what we just gave is... So if I'm a if I'm a in business and I'm a leader and I'm a Christ follower, this concept of how... First of all, I see work. I see work as worship and as beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one is how do I see my neighbor? So they're not a schmuck. They're made <laughs> in the image of God and, and, and the beauty of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk about living artfully, like just just crazy cool. Um, and then another one, I just think this whole piece of... Um, there are many, many attributes. If you were to ask me, what are some attributes of a Christian leader? Mm-hmm. Uh I'm very tempted to jump down that rabbit trail, uh, but today I'm going to choose not to. Um, mm-hmm. I'm actually going to give you... Uh, yeah, yeah, good question. So first of all, there's been much, much written on that. 
um, by wonderful authors, and 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 I would subscribe to much of that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just almost too much to cover off in a little podcast, but I would like to just cover off one thing. Okay. And um, <clears throat> I would say, so what does Scripture say to, to me there? And I can't help but think, uh, just even about this whole topic of Christian leadership, is um, this concept of it being a servant leader. Mm-hmm. The, and maybe another way of saying it is humility. Mm-hmm. So... So Jesus presents us a concept of leadership, not just in what he taught, but in what he acted, that is completely countercultural to all things that still to this day we we often think of leadership like, like control, or I'm in charge of something, or power, or influence. Or I'm the face of. Yeah, you know, and so there are all kinds of things in leadership that are that are helpful, like maybe being a good communicator, right? Mm -hmm. But look at. Look at how many great leaders were not good orders. Um, mm. So there's lots of nuance in there um, uh, and lots of good. But just this one piece of humility. And I just think, what did the devil do when he took Jesus to, uh, he didn't really take Jesus to, but when he brought him to the desert or they met in the mm. desert and mm. uh, he tries to tempt him. I'm not even sure what the first one is, oh, but one of them is power, right? right. And I think I, yeah. it might have been the first. But anyway, you can have all these kingdoms, <laughs> right? Right, right. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this whole piece of... Uh, yeah, and, and leadership often is thought of as, like, I'm the one in the limelight, um, uh, this whole power thing. And uh, Jesus, just whole piece of, uh, so Jesus, the difference between being weak and, and meek, you know, there's a mm-hmm. difference there. And Jesus Jesus modeling meekness, but Jesus Jesus was very powerful. Yeah. And I don't just mean because he's God, but even in, in, his, in his actions and even in his, teaching right or mm-hmm. is, is modeling equipping so that whole piece of humility i can't think of any better uh scriptural example uh and character trait that i think we should aspire to that god invites us into is this whole piece of humility mm-hmm. and i just love that example of uh so even think of a, of a conductor of an orchestra who's really the person that is is sh- is shaping the vision making sure the vision stays on track uh, the execution stays on track coming alongside others, encouraging others, you might even say directing, and mm-hmm. I say that in quotations, is the conductor. And he or she has their back to the audience, uh, <laughs> doesn't take the limelight, it's in those gifted hands and mouths, etc., of those beautiful artists. Mm-hmm. Um, they, they have the limelight, right? And I just often think, if we're in a position of leadership, can I choose to do this? Uh, and what's my motive behind it? Do I, do I want the limelight? Um, mm. and many folks that we've worked with at some stage or another in their, in their career, mm-hmm. they've had to have a motive calibration because right. they're like, Hmm, my motive started out for other things to build something to, you know, um, and I had to get the out of the way of myself. So mm. I just know that for myself too. That's, uh, it's just, it's just a really, it's a really empowering thing, but I think also a wonderful, uh, image invitation by God and so I I, uh, I was thinking about this the secular world and some of our Christian world buys in this piece of, of leadership or even managing of a business is often about arranging and telling and directing and um, yeah you have to shape a vision you have to bring others alongside and you have to you know execute etc but I I wonder often if leadership's more about the nurturing and empowering and equipping and enhancing uh, of people or in an organization or mm-hmm. or uh, 
an end result or, or a desire, right? A meaning, a, an objective, etc. A whole piece of empowering others. Um, the last piece, one other one. So this, that's humility. Mm-hmm. That's the Jesus model there. The other one is, I just think of a practical thing that we haven't learned to do well, but um, mentors have showed me is, and I'm, I'm hopefully starting to learn this, but this piece of, and again, another one Jesus modeled is, how do I care for my own soul? How many leaders have we seen, even just recently, wonderful, wonderful Christian leaders have fallen uh, to horrific uh, public sins mm-hmm. and had to be, unfortunately, um, you know, and not that we have to have it all together, because none of us do, mm-hmm. but I love this piece of, of being vulnerable, vulnerable, but also uh, the, the shorter road back home to the Father. So yes, when I, when I, when in my brokenness I fail, but as leaders to have the humility again, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, and the guts, just, just call it plain out guts to, to own that and to also make it, like uh, I want to talk about an authentic posture, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Jesus' piece of the night before the cross, he, he's, he's like almost overwhelmed, right? Mm-hmm. And he's got his disciples like, come on, man, like you, you, gotta, you might say save more people, you got more work to do, and he's got to go out and pray at, in the quiet of the night because mm-hmm. he's got to feed his soul. And we use this practical example in our in our uh, mentoring is when you're in an airplane, they teach you when, when something goes wrong, what do you do? You put on your own mask first. Mm-hmm. And I wonder how many of our leaders of us do that. And the example of the folks we work with so often, they're starving and um, barely hanging on by the skin of their teeth on the inside. Mm-hmm. On the outside, they have a great persona, right? And uh, yeah. there's a bunch of things there culturally why they do that or why even I do that. Mm-hmm. But am I tending to my own soul? So Yeah, I think that it's easy for us to think that that's selfish. Like, I think we're so afraid of being selfish. And you talked about servant leadership, and we think servant leadership means giving of myself, which it does. But yeah, there's always that thing where, you know, you can't give what you don't have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a tricky one for a lot of people. How, mm-hmm. what does that look like for business people? How do they, how should they be caring for their own soul? Like, yeah. Uh, oh, that, so that is a very profound thing that most leaders don't think about. We mm-hmm. think about all the things we have to do. Mm-hmm. I, I love it. You know, we're called human beings, not human doings. <laughs> but uh, this beautiful thing <laughs> of, uh, of tending to the soul example is we, we use this word. If I don't have, uh, if I can't connect and experience God and live in a rich relationship with him, um, do you think I'm going to be able to show up well as a dad in this, you know, in my home to, to my, to my bride, to my wife, uh, never mind to all the people that I'm trusted with. Or, um, if I'm a business owner, like some of these people, like you might have a business of three people, you might have a business of, you know, 300 and how do I have the capacity to show up and reflect light in a world? Well, I, I need capacity, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, and everyone has a different recipe, but mm-hmm. I just love this piece of, of God wants my heart and my relationship with Him vertically first before I can even serve horizontally. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it's different for everyone, um, but that is a foundation. We we in our in our leadership mentoring and in our whole program, um, we have this thing that you start with what we call personal foundations. So that's my identity in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my habits. That's my character formation. Um, that's and then ultimately that's my r- relationship with Jesus, with God, my Lord. And part of that is, I love what you said. You can't 
give away what you don't have. Mm-hmm. How many of us, well, I'll just say, I know many folks that we work with, and I ask them, you, are you in love with the Lord? And they're like, what do you mean? It's like, well, how can you give that away? Like, uh, If I don't love my wife, like uh, deeply love her, you're going to see pretty obvious. It's either I'm doing a con job or it's uh, I'm just I'm just bucking up and yeah. doing something out of duty. But so the, do I actually have a love relationship? Sound this is a sound sort of weird, but do I have a love relationship with God? Because when I do, and then I live out my identity in Him, and I and uh, I understand His love for me, I can give that to others. So mm-hmm. thank you for that piece of just uh, that's so true. Leaders so often about it's about giving to others. Well, you can't give what you don't have, and uh, we always use this term: "Do I have oxygen in my tank?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. there's another saying kind of like that. It's like, "Don't set yourself on fire to keep others warm." There I've you heard go. before because it can mm-hmm. never last. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you have that out. relationship. You're being filled up by someone. As like at the same time, you're filling them up, and they're filling you up. So then you can give. That's so related to what you said about humility, because. The posture of humility says, I can't, I do not have mm-hmm. enough to give all on my own. Mm-hmm. And the posture of humility says, like, I am not the sole savior of this company or of my employees. Mm-hmm. Humility says, this is about God, first of all. This is about God using me. So then it would logically follow that you would need to spend your own time with God if you believed that mm-hmm. you were totally dependent. On him, so I think those two are really linked yeah. in a cool way. We we've had uh, in a couple of years now. I've had two different business folks who said to me, and they were brought up in our churches all their life, and uh, uh, wonderful men. And they said both of them. And it's like did they? It's almost like they wrote off the they read off the same game game page. <laughs> but it's like both said, I used to know a lot about God, and now I'm no God. Mm. I'm like, isn't that actually what it's about? Right again. I can do my devotions, but do I actually experience devotion? So do I have a relationship with the Father? Uh, That gives me capacity to actually to serve, to lead, to um, because I'm tapped into the Father. John 15, I'm embodying him. I'm in, you know, so I just love that whole. uh, And again, I don't want to take away from the the wonderful pragmatic pieces of, of there's lots of great tools for us to learn and be equipped in and to grow in 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 being leaders be it as a sunday school teacher or a a mom or you know a business owner or a pastor um there's uh, i'm just i didn't really want to touch on those today more just uh, i think how does scripture inform us and i think it also takes the pressure off us because some of us think well well, I don't have the gift of the gab like Josina. Uh, you know, people might people might have said it to me. Or I don't have uh, Jamie's skills in 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 art and design and creativity and media. It's like so I can't lead like she can, right? Right. It's like uh, that may be true, but but, uh, but what's the big deal? <laughs> yeah, and think of how many leaders biblically too. Primarily biblically, but even just an example of what is that King George? You know the King's speech, oh, guy, the most horrendous speech impediment. Yeah. And here he's got to think of what he has to do for a job, right? Yeah. What an unbelievably amazing leader that God used in his in his own way, mm-hmm. with a thorn in his side. Paul had this too. So yeah. So would you say it's not so much about um, pitting like your heart against the practical, but it's about starting with the heart and moving to the practical instead of starting with how do I practically do this better without first starting with the heart yeah I I think uh, at the end of the day if I don't if I can't 
if I don't have a relationship with God and I, I'm not tapped into the vine, you might say, mm. um, how can I, and I, the power is not on, you might say, right? right? In mm. my weakness, I'm given, I'm given this power um, to, I mean, I just love, like we were praying this morning, like uh, God can do more than we can ask or imagine, mm-hmm. right? And then you think of Colossians, what's that passage in Colossians? I think it's uh, 3, uh, verse 23, like, whatever I do, yes. do it for God and not for man. Yep. This ties in our whole humility theme again. How many leaders we've worked with confess in tears, breaking down. Um, they've, they've led and they've had aspirations and they've had great burdens uh, mm-hmm. and feel very alone, even though they might see on the outside look up very successful. In our churches, our mm-hmm. fathers, our, our elders up, up there in the church, you might say, are experiencing that because um, maybe our motives or our connection with God has not been not been there or certainly hasn't been f- fostered and, and uh, intentionally like deliberately grown mm. so can you talk a little bit we've we've sort of been already talking a lot about business being artful and being excellent um, that's it's been weaved through everything you've already mm. said but Maybe we can a little bit more specifically chat about that. Mm-hmm. Um, sort of about what you were saying about how in when you have a posture of wanting to serve God and being in relationship with God, then your business is servant-oriented. It's about love. To me, that seems... That's how I would put under an artful idea, mm-hmm. you know? Like, how do we do this um, excellently and well? And... What does it look like if, when a company um, is servant leading mm-hmm. or is loving people? What does what does that mean for business? Mm-hmm. Well, so correct me if I don't get to your answer uh, yeah. the right way, but I was, I was just thinking while you're saying it too, this this awesome piece of uh, being an artful leader, mm-hmm. right? So um, so think again of how God made made humans. He made us to love. He made us to experience him. He made us to serve others. He made us to, with work is worship. Uh, the first job in the world is pretty much landscaping or <laughs> gardening. How do I do that artfully? Mm-hmm. Well, one is, flip, man. I can get out of bed in the morning so flipping excited because, like, God made this uh, for me to not... So here's the thing. I, I think you mentioned this before. Not just to give God the glory, but to experience him and to experience joy in it. Right? Right? Through joy, I get to glorify God. So when I when I'm a, I can be a garbage picker upper. You might say yeah. I can run a, a you know a multinational huge uh, uh, you know corporate business. What doesn't matter what and do that artfully. Mm-hmm. A because God's design in work. That would be the first one right. I would say. Mm-hmm. So I can sweet. Martin Luther said I can milk cows to God's glory and and mm-hmm. receive joy in that. Yeah. So I, I, I like cleaning toilets. In our, my job in our house is I do <laughs> floors and toilets. I can actually do that with like singing and uh, no. Um, but what is underlying it is, yeah, just, yeah. is doing, doing that just. Uh, so I just love the piece of uh, the, the beautiful design in, in this thing called work. Hmm. One of my favorite pieces of how to do business artfully is just around people. Because mm-hmm. I think people, people inherently run a business. Um, people are the soul of a business. You're only as good as, as your people. 
And then I love this, the second greatest commandment, right? If I love my neighbor, how do, what does that actually look like? Mm. Even when I fire someone. So let's just get really practical here. Yeah. Um, the example of hiring and firing people or the example of um, uh, serving my, my suppliers. So often in business, when we have a supplier, we need to get them to do something for us to then give to our customers. We sometimes call them subcontractors or vendors or whatever. It's like, how do I actually honor them and love them so they're not just a tool for me to get what I need. Mm-hmm. That's artful. Cause yeah. why? Cause they have the DNA of the father. I'm going back to what we chatted earlier, but they have, yeah. the, they, they are made as image bearers and I get to love them. Uh, in, so I can love someone even by firing them. That's a, that's a way longer conversation mm-hmm. for another day, but that's a, it's a beautiful actually gift to, um, be real with someone in a gracious way and, you know, grace and truth. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think there's a, I think there's no greater example of uh, the art of business than uh, we were reading scripture together this morning mm-hmm. in Mark, uh, Mark 10, 45. Mm-hmm. So, Je- so Jesus is basically asked, how can I live this all out? How can I be an ultimate disciple of you? And he basically says, and in a nutshell, he says, I, I came not to be served, but to serve. Mm-hmm. And that's how they'll know you're a disciple by serving others. And if, and if Jesus, the God of the universe... The, the one, if we say what, you know, if we subscribe to all things he said is true and we are, and we are seeking to be Jesus followers made in his image and he's sanctifying us, if that's true, then how does that show up in my sales? How does it show up in my, uh, uh, in my finances, um, in my treatment of, of, uh, employees, uh, obviously customers. Uh, I just love this whole piece of, I'm, I'm here to serve mm-hmm. and service all, doesn't mean being a doormat. Right? Uh, mm-hmm. It doesn't mean it, so. Serving also means running healthy profit and losses so that you can care for others and tend to your sheep. You mm-hmm. might say. So it's really cool. And so here's you take a you take a God made principle and something I want to share with you is a quote from someone at least to my best of my knowledge is completely Godless, mm-hmm. and he's a business guru. You might say and uh, written beautiful books on awesome principles. Jack Welch, and Jack mm-hmm. Welch has his quote. Um, before you are a leader, success is all about growing yourself. And then he says, but when you become a leader, success is all about growing others. Huh. I'm like, Jack Welch might not know this, but he's, he's actually talking about the second commandment. Uh, isn't that, isn't that so cool? That's because he's also made in the image of God. So there you go. There somewhere. He has the imprint of the father. Yeah. It's like, and so he didn't, so we can even take that. So we work with Christian leaders, but we work with their staff too, who may not know Christ yet. Mm. And we can take that to them. So what we call, it doesn't have chapter and verse, but they're learning, let's say the, the golden rule for lack of a better word. Maybe we don't use the word love, but uh, it's about growing others. And I just think in a nutshell, the one of the arts of leadership is, uh, am I empowering and enabling others in a shared vision um, to be something far bigger than the sum of all the parts. Hmm. Um, and maybe a, maybe a layman way of saying that is, um, are they getting, are they growing? And, uh, is there something bigger here, uh, rubbing off on them from a sum of all the parts from, from everybody, uh, in, in going down a path of, of achieving something that one person couldn't do alone. I just, uh, I just love this whole piece of how do I love and care and empower people in business to be all that God's designed them for. So then it's not about me. Mm. Uh, 
it's all to me about him uh and it's about those people that i serve mark 10 45. yeah it's interesting we were just chatting we we had a, a long drive up here <laughs> and on the way i was sharing with mm-hmm. with jane um i heard us i was listening to another podcast where a seminary professor um he was talking about how we often do this thing where we say uh, it's not about us it's about god and I like that you added in ultimately because that's what he suggested too. He said, it's, it's not ultimately about us. It is ultimately about God, but it is about us and God. Like, otherwise, why would God create us? Why would he be in relationship with us? Why would he give us the Bible (laughs) if it was only about him? And so that's another thing. It's kind of a side tangent, but (laughs) we hear that a lot. Um, we either we see these another dichotomy where we're either you know we're we're doing business like it's secular mm-hmm. and it's for our own gain and it's for our own success so we say okay we shouldn't do that we should make it not about us we should make mm-hmm. it only about god mm-hmm. and he's kind of, he was sort of arguing like that doesn't really make sense either otherwise there would be no point of uh, of human beings being created mm-hmm. um it is not ultimately about us it is ultimately ultimately about God but it's very we are very much involved in the process yeah. of the kingdom and of of living out what God created us to be yeah good point I so think I sometimes that there's was a really interesting yeah sometimes there's a false humility in there and it's mm-hmm. not and uh, it's not just language and that's why I think you, like Paul Tripp talks about being instruments in the Redeemer's hands mm-hmm. so it's all about the Redeemer and his work but guess what yeah <laughs> we're instruments yeah right so and that doesn't mean that we just like be like well it's all about god so yeah you know I, I have nothing to do yeah. with it it's like well, god is using what he's given you mm-hmm. to accomplish yes his purpose but mm-hmm. not without you yeah <laughs> like, and, that's, and, and yeah. god also has made us to inherently grow mm. he has not made us to to stand still that means in our character that means in our faith that means in our skill can I just share one last thing around uh, an artful piece of, of yeah. uh, business? Is Absolutely. when we think of growing, um, when we think of growing businesses or gr- growing uh, in any in any way. Uh, again, the motivation behind things. But we have a number of clients who have goals. So think of this: if uh, in the in the world of business. Mm-hmm. For most of us, that's like eight to twelve hours a day of working. That's more than we do of anything else, yeah. right? We've all seen those those measurements there. Mm-hmm. So, and then, so let's say I'm a business owner of even if we just say ten people, ten employees. Well, let's say they have spouses, and then let's say they have children, and and those families are in other communities, and maybe they're not Christian communities, but they're at you know, curling clubs. The the ripple effect of huh. influence of God's work that can the ripple effect. So we have clients who have like 200 employees and guess what? They want to take their business from like 20 million to 50 million. Why? They're like, I'm not going to make any more money. Uh, I'm going to actually have more, I'm potentially going to have more uh, to do, Uh, but they want to do it for the ripple effect of the expansion, the goodness that can go out into other families. Wow. That's amazing. But actually from an expansion of like the, the Great Commission now, our last C that we talked about is they want to exp- they want they see that as, as something that's been put on them uh, for the expansion of the kingdom, for God's glory. And it's like, isn't that wild? We're talking thousands of people that could be affected. Mm-hmm. How many of our churches actually can do that? Yeah. So I just think uh, 
in some contexts, even for younger people, I think today, um, especially with the way the boomers used to do business or even thought, we often think businesses can even feel like a little bit of a, uh, of a not so helpful uh, arena for some. Mm. And think of the beauty of what that can do uh, for the expansion of, of, uh, of bringing others to Christ. And, and I know, for instance, my, my partner, Pete, he's just, uh, God's using to bring so many people to Christ through business, not through Bible studies or churches or mission projects and all that other stuff. Now, those are good things too. Please hear that clear. And yeah. God uses those. But this this is a beautiful art of business, yeah. I think. And God's work is not confined to those types of oh, yeah. things. That's cool. <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So just as we're wrapping up, um, what advice do you have for someone who's inspired by listening maybe and wants to create like more intentionality mm -hmm. or intentionally excellent or artful business practices. Yeah. Cause we know there are a lot of young people listening yeah. who are like always being asked like, so what are you going to do? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, what are you going to, what's your job going to be? <laughs> That's like the big question. Um, so yeah, for the, especially for those people, but for anyone who, well, I'm excited about that question, <laughs> partly because I've had many people on my way as a young person. I remember particularly even, I think I remember it, I was 18 when I had a, someone in their 30s step into me on some things like this and essentially mentor me and still now. And uh, so my first one to any person who, uh, if I say that I love the Lord and I and I want to follow him and um, regardless of my gifts, etc., first thing I would say is, do you actually love the Lord? Are you in love with your God? This goes back to, I can't give away what I don't have. So, uh, and praying over that, because I've had times in my life where I didn't have a love relationship. I, I wasn't, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, that's the, that's the process of being sanctified and this whole piece of, um, do I have a rich relationship with God? Because uh, leaders aren't born, leaders are developed. Hmm. Just like, just like you might say Christians, <laughs> Okay. Uh, so I, you know, yeah, that's really like, like we're, we're nurtured and grown in faith and we keep maturing to bear fruit. Right. So same thing for leaders. So my first question to someone is foundationally is, uh, there's, there's different things, but, but growing and even, man, cause this is not of my own strength. God gives me this, it's called this power of the spirit for, for me to grow in my relationship with God. Second one is, do I have a, do I have a growth mindset? Do I, do I have a lifelong pursuing of wanting to learn and grow? Always wanting to learn new things and, and the stretching of the mind. That, like think of muscles. Muscles are grown because they get stretched, right? Mm -hmm. So um, And you grow, uh, grow that way. Another one is any of us. I think of your ladies' roles and ladies. What is my, do I have clarity of purpose and motive? Mm -hmm. if, I'm, if God's using me in a position of leadership, I need to, when we talked about putting your own mask on and, <laughs> and examining the soul of my leadership, do I have clarity of what my motive is? Because so often, I know for myself, my motives have gone off track. Um, right? So, and then, and then uh, I'd say uh, just a last one, a really practical one. If I was a young person, there is, there is uh, so much good stuff out there. But if we have that growth mindset... Uh, Leaders are readers, I, I believe, and and uh, so there is many, many. There are many, many beautiful books out there. Uh, 
Do you have a favorite? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I was just thinking. So please, this is not uh, this is not a boastful thing, but I, I've I've read many many leadership books in my life and mm-hmm. many good ones. And and sitting here at my age at forty seven, if I were to pick three, um, that were life changing and countercultural, even in the Christian world of leadership, my first right off the hop is this book here, Leadership Essentials by Greg Ogden. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an ama- It's just. It's, it's crazy. And, and in a nutshell, it's about what we talked about of being, uh, it's servant leadership and humility, but then the other piece of being instruments. And uh, I still have to work with the gifts I've mm-hmm. got given. And it's also a workbook. So it's, it's uh, you might say a study, leadership essentials. The other one that, that is flips everything on its head is Henry Nouwen. And by the way, I'm intentionally giving some books that are maybe outside our reform world. Uh, Henry Nouwen has a book got called a In the Name. Every once in a while. <laughs> yeah. He's got this little, little book called In the Name of Jesus, uh, Reflections on Christian Leadership. Hmm. It forever changed my concept of, of leadership. And then the last one, for those who like pragmatic lists and things to aspire to, Albert <laughs> Moeller wrote a beautiful book. Uh, I think it's called The Conviction to Lead or just called The Convic- uh, Conviction to Lead by Albert. Just a wonderful uh, biblical-based piece, but in a very practical way for leadership mm-hmm. pieces. That, and then the last one, a little bit like sort of wrapping this all up what you guys have done with a podcast and i think also what you've been training is let's go just let's just start Mm, so for instance yeah just do something i just think if i want to if i want to disciple others what am i just starting on a grassroots small level with some young fella in my church or Mm -hmm. my son or like versus wanting to go off in third world countries right yeah so start tomorrow yeah yeah Yeah. thanks so much for sharing with us been great. Oh, yeah, likewise. Lots. My pleasure. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks.